welcome to this episode of the Great Grant Seeking Podcast. Today's episode, we are going to be talking about connecting with foundations. And a lot of us hear about needing to connect with foundations a lot before we do grants for them. Um, And what does that really mean? So today we're going to dig into what does it mean to connect with a foundation and how do you do it well for your grant seeking? Um, You know, is it that we're stalking program officers on social media? Is it that we want to find out where they do their grocery shopping and plan to have a chance encounter? No, no, likely not. Um, You know, neither of those are about connecting how it truly, truly matters. So today we're going to talk about a little bit of my advice about how to connect with foundations so that it matters, so that you are making deep and true connections to improve your chances for grant seeking. You know, in my career, I think I have heard a lot about, um, you know, this topic. And I think that people, especially people who don't sort of live and breathe in the grants world the way that I do, a lot of people want to believe that grant seeking is one of those aspects of fundraising that doesn't require personal connection, that it's more about what's on paper or aligning with a foundation's interests and winging in a great application than it is about actually connecting with a human. But as I've explained, you know, kind of from the very beginning and my in my own experience, foundations, funders of any kind are not like the great Oz, right? They're not behind a big curtain. It may seem like that sometimes, but they're not really truly behind a big curtain, you know, giving out grants and never connecting with people. Even if we're talking about a government funder, there's always a person behind the decision, at least one, usually a team of people. And so there's always someone who you can connect with on some level. And I want to say this too, kind of a caveat before we go into this whole topic. And that is that anytime we're talking about a connection with a funder, of course, we're talking about appropriate connections with funders. We're not talking about kind of the inappropriate sort of back office dealings, the sort of thing. There's, this is not about twisting of arms. Um, this is not about a board member calling a, a board member of a foundation and really kind of like putting the thumb on them about you better make a grant for this. This is not about that at all. This is about finding ways to connect appropriately and generally with a staff member of a foundation. Okay, so let's dig into the topic. My three top tips for connecting with a foundation that can help your grant seeking. So Tip number one, make sure that your communication with the foundation is actually a two-way street. And I'll tell you a quick story. So I remember when I was writing foundation proposals for my job, and I used to envision that what I would write would be read by a program officer while they were sitting in a very comfortable chair in front of a beautiful roaring fireplace with a cup of something hot and you know delicious, their favorite drink. That was the scenario that they were reading my proposals in. And if any of you remember this, um, the movie A Christmas Story, where Ralphie submit, he's in his sort of dream uh, sequence, and when he submits his assignment to the 
the teacher and the teacher gives him an A plus and she keeps going plus, 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 plus across the chalkboard. That's kind of like the scenario that I envisioned in my mind. Like, of course, they're, they're reading it in my proposal in this beautiful environment and they just love it. Right. But what I realize now about that is I had no idea how what scenario they were actually reading my proposal in. Are they reading it in the office? Are they reading it? If I submitted it online, are they reading it online? Does it come in some sort of printout? How actually are they reading my work? What more could you do if you actually knew more about what happens to your proposals once you click submit? So some of the things that I would want to know, you know, who reads it? all the way through? And when do they read it all the way through? Who reads, say, just a summary and who reads the whole proposal? And then lastly, you know, where does that summary come from, right? Does that summary come from the executive summary fields that most of us wait till the last minute to do? Or does that summary come from something that a program officer actually has to create, So I remember when I had a great conversation with a program officer and I learned a lot about her process. And she told me that one of her tasks is to take all the elements of the proposal that we've submitted and to write up her own executive summary. And she also shared with me in that conversation how much her board really cares about organizational leadership. So I knew after that conversation to focus so much more on pulling out those really important points for her so that she could write her summary very easily. And also, even if it wasn't asked about, you know, including information about organizational leadership and why and how that it was the most trustworthy possible. You know, some other things that that we might want to know if having a two-way conversation with a funder would include, you know, do they vote? Does this person who you're talking to, maybe this person who's advocating for your organization to receive funding? Are they a voting member or not? And do they have to do any kind of a presentation to their board about your organization? Some other things, though, I like to ask, those are very specific, right? And I love knowing that from a funder. But some other things I like to ask foundation representatives who we're working with might be, you know, what is the most challenging part about your job? If you have answers to even some, even one of these questions, it would help you be so much more prepared than you would be without this information. And so just make sure that you're not only telling funders or answering questions, but you're also asking questions and collecting that information from them. You know, so making sure that your communication with a funder, that your connection with a funder is actually a two-way connection is really critical. And then I have kind of a bonus point on this point of connection, the two-way street. And that is look at, for your organization, who is connecting with whom. We've heard this probably before too, but many times we like to match connectors. So we like to say if we're connecting with the director of a foundation, we want it to be maybe the director of our organization. And if it's a different level staff member for your organization, maybe it's okay to be connecting with a program officer of a foundation. That sort of holds true, I think. But the truth is, you know, if you're talking about a foundation and you're talking about a staffed 
foundation, those are people who are paid to give away the dollars of the foundations. If you're talking about a program officer, right? So those people will likely be willing and able to talk to anyone at your organization. But you do want to think strategically about who makes the most sense for them to have that connection with. It might sometimes involve a board member or a higher level staff member. And the truth is, you know, each will be different. Each will be pretty case by case, but it's kind of just a bonus point on making sure it's a two-way street. Yes, but also making sure that you are elevating the right person to connect with that funder. So that's point one, making sure your connections are two-way street. Next point when we're talking about connecting with your funders is to look at the top 10% of your funders and make an individual plan for stewardship and cultivation for each. The truth is that grant seeking is much more like major gifts than many people want to believe that it is, Um, but it's really very similar. Um, It's much more like major gifts than it is, say, like than uh, an annual fund or something like that. It really does require that same individual attention to each funder that a major gifts campaign does Um, require. And so that's why I say, look at just the top 10% of your grant funders. Yes, it would be beautiful if every single grant funder could receive that individualized stewardship plan, but it's really impossible when we're talking about organizations that receive 70 or 80 grants that you could give each one that kind of individual attention. So that's why I suggest everyone has limited resources. Just look at maybe your top 10% of funders. And I want to talk about something that I have recently heard happening, and I call it the COVID effect. So that is that when organizations have said, and I've heard this more than once, you know, look, we have our top grant funders and they're, you know, giving us X dollars, I don't know, $50,000, $500,000 a year. And, you know, we're just going to kind of keep quiet and just like keep that happening. So we're just going to do the reporting that they require and not do too much else more because we don't want to um, do anything that would jeopardize that funding. But the truth is by being that passive, you are likely jeopardizing that very funding that you value so much. When I hear organizations say like they don't want to rock the boat or they don't want to cause trouble, um, that really causes assumptions to be made. And here's the danger. The danger is that we would just assume that, okay, we haven't talked to them in a year, but I'm just going to assume that the cycles are all the same, that their meeting schedule is all the same, that you know everything that we did last year is really all the, they actually that they want to fund the same thing that they funded last year at the same level. Those are all incredibly dangerous assumptions to make. And I would say, especially, especially in 2023, when we are coming off some wild years, um, because a lot of things have changed. So when was the last time you asked your funders, especially that top 10%, what is really going on for them? You know, what has changed and what could or should you be doing differently? 
It is likely that 2020 and the years that followed changed a lot of things at your leading funders um, within their own operations. And what do we know about those things? I work with an executive director who leads an organization that receives a lot of funding from a professional sports team. And this person works very, very closely with that funder. He is astute and he really stays on top of of what is going on with that funder, even to the point of over communicating with that funder, because it's such a high level of funding for this organization that it would be devastating if this foundation, this funder changed its course and pulled out partially or all of its funding. So staying on top of that funder is a very important task in this executive director has really taken that to heart. The truth is that funders can change direction without a grantee knowing, but have we given them the opportunity to tell us about that direction? That's what this point is about. So making sure that you're having those key conversations with those funders, that you're scheduling some stewardship and some cultivation activities to happen with especially, especially that top 10% of funders. And then my bonus point on this one is make sure that your key conversations are being tracked in your database. If you're not tracking a conversation with a funder in your database and all those key points that you're learning from them, it's almost as if those conversations didn't happen. So if your executive director, let's say you're not the executive director, director, you're the chief development officer, and your executive director is having great conversations with a foundation representative, make sure that you're having a conversation with your director, that you're downloading that information, that you're putting it into your database for the next person to follow. Okay, we've made it to my last point about connecting with funders, and that is acknowledging the power dynamic that exists between you. I personally find it very refreshing when someone calls out the elephant in the room. I think that it has been really too long that we have allowed it to be okay that funders are the ones holding all the cards. When they say jump, we say how high as grantees. And I don't know if any of you caught this, but recently in the Chronicle of Philanthropy, a VP of a foundation wrote an opinion piece. And she said that she was uncomfortable every time a grantee thanked her for a gift that her foundation made. And this wasn't even about kind of those effusive, those over and above sort of thank yous um, that we have seen, which probably all of us have seen in our careers, sort of the over and above thanking of a program officer of a foundation. Um, This was about any level of thank you. And I have to say, every single site visit that I've ever been on has contained one of those thank yous. Um, you know, it, it's just sort of a part of the fabric of what we do. But I think it's interesting. And I think that the fact that this VP of this foundation felt comfortable to write this opinion piece and to put it in the chronicle, I think it signals a movement happening that we are all getting much more comfortable with acknowledging that there is this power dynamic between grantors and grantees. And I think that it would be interesting 
to ask your foundation representative about this. And I think it could lead to a really fruitful discussion about how to negotiate the appropriate relationship between you and this funder so that it benefits both of you. Um, so how do you do that? That is one of those things that's probably much easier said than done. How do you acknowledge the power dynamic between you and a foundation? And it's funny, I used to have a colleague at Grants Plus who worked for a large community foundation and she would joke that once she stopped working for the foundation, you know, people didn't pick up the phone that easy for her. People didn't call her back that fast. I thought that was so funny. And another director of mine used to say how program officers' hair is always more shiny and their jokes are always more funny and things like that. So it is something that has existed for a very long time, this power dynamic. So I have come up with a couple of ways that I think could be interesting in 2023 or beyond if you're listening to this at another time to acknowledge that power dynamic and maybe start to chip away at any negative impact that that dynamic is having on your ability to build a real relationship with that funder. First tip, ask for constructive criticism about yourself, about your organization, but also ask for if they're open to any feedback about their own process and what might be challenging for you. You know, I think that in every single application that I've ever been a part of, there's been a part of it that has been especially challenging. Like, for example, oh, you know, there's a, a very broad question asked with a 1,000 character limit or something like that. I mean, that's a really simple example, but likely in some way throughout the stewardship process, throughout the cultivation process, throughout the even the grant writing process, there likely is something that was challenging or maybe too challenging for you. You, um, about the process. And so be prepared to ask the question, are they open to feedback about their own process and be honest about it? You know, when I started Grants Plus, I had some friends who were in the foundation space, in the grant making space. And once I stepped out of representing a specific organization and I started working with lots of organizations, I had a couple of these people ask me to provide them input on, hey, what are the grantees saying about us? And, you know, what do you, what do you think about this application if we change our application? And what do you think? And it's like, you know, I think that it's getting better that we're able to have more open dialogue between grantor grantee. But I know that there is, you know, acknowledging that power dynamic, I know that funders don't always expect their grantees to be 100% honest with them, which is why they were asking me for input because they knew I didn't have a sort of stake in the game with them. So I think that asking for constructive criticism about your own applications, but also asking them if they're open to it as well, is a really um, great way to kind of open up that two-way dialogue. Another one, this might be hard, is to commit to asking a hard question every time you meet with a funder this year. And I have an idea about what that question could be. And that is the hot button of operating requests. If you are operating under the assumption that a funder 
that you're working with does not fund operating because you had that conversation with them three years ago and they did not fund operating then, you are operating under an assumption that could be dangerous for your organization. So you want to push that appropriately um, and maybe using this sort of moment of bravery as a time to do that. You know, it doesn't mean that it's still true because it was true three years ago. And the truth is, Things may never change if we as grantees don't push that envelope. Trust me that on the national, even the international level, grantors are talking about operating grants and the importance of operating grants um, among themselves. And so if they're hearing it in their professional circles, and then they're also hearing it from their grantees, they may start to be a little more open if they haven't been open to it in the past. And even if they're not open to it, it might lead to a really productive discussion between you and your grantors, especially this group, which would be your top 10% of grantors. And then here's the last point, and this may be kind of a bonus point as well. And this is for my very, very brave grant seekers out there. And that is to ask them how they feel about that power dynamic. I once asked a program officer this. I asked her, how do you feel about the power dynamic that exists, about people who are being effusively nice to you because of your role? And this program officer shared how very uncomfortable it made her feel. And she even shared that um, a, a grantee once sent her a card for a holiday and sent it to her home. So that means that that grantee researched her home address and sent it to her home address. And um, to me, you know, that's someone who doesn't necessarily understand the building their relationship assignment, right? That's someone who thinks that that means I have to be best friends with my program officers, which, you know, is not really the case. Um, but the truth is I learned so much about this program officer by having that conversation with her where she had a real human moment and explained how she felt. And I know that I could have taken that one step further and asked her how she wanted to be thanked, if she wanted to be thanked for the foundation's support, or what was the most appropriate way to demonstrate our gratitude to the foundation when it came to her as a representative of the foundation. I think that if I would have asked that question, it would have been so valuable. The information that I would have gotten would have been so valuable. And I think that very few grantees are actually having these kinds of conversations with their grant funders. So let's recap. We've been all around talking about connecting with your funders. First point was three points connecting with your funders. First, Look at communicating with your funders as a two-way street. This is not just foundation asks, I respond. Foundation asks, I respond. Foundation asks, I have the perfect response. This is not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about us asking them just as many questions as they're asking us, getting curious about their process, about what happens once you click submit, about what are the things that they value the most. Those are critical, critical points that if we have some information related to that, we can elevate our grants to a new level with that foundation. 
The next point is thinking about your top tier of grant funders and planning individual stewardship for that top 10% of funders. Remember, it does not have to be for all of your funders. You're going to do the minimum anyway. If you're listening to this podcast, you're probably a pretty astute grant seeker yourself. You're going to follow the processes outlined by the funders because you've been successful in getting funding in the past. This is about taking a look at that top tier of your grant funders and making sure that you are doing some individualized stewardship and cultivation of each one. And then the last one, and this may be the hardest I understand, is acknowledging that power dynamic that exists between you and your grantors and talking about it with them, seeing if you can start to lay a foundation to get real honest with your funders. I think if you ever thought about having those conversations, now's a great time. They are having the conversations at their levels within their own professional associations. And I think that they would be more open to this conversation now more than ever. I hope that these tips on connecting with your funders were helpful. And thank you so much for joining me on the Great Grant Seeking Podcast. Happy Grant Seeking.